This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello, and welcome to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. So I'm curious, those of you listening, what did it take for you to decide, I just need to get started? What was the tipping point? What was it? Or are you still on the side of the fence thinking, shall I, shan't I, whatever it is, we're going to be diving into that topic today with the host of the Just Get Started podcast, Brian Andreco. So lovely to meet you here on the show today, Brian. And tell us a little bit about what you did to just get started. And first off, thanks for having me. Grateful to be here and uh, chat with you again. And just to plug, you were on my podcast. People need to go listen to that one. There's some great insights that you dropped there. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, you know, it's so interesting because I feel like I've lived like two different lives. And actually one of the quotes, I'm, I'm a big quote person. And one of the big quotes that I live by is Confucius. I don't know if you ever heard this one, but it's you know the quote of, we have two lives and the second one starts when we realize we only have one. And part, you know, I'm 38 years old the first kind of part of my, you know, or let's say two thirds of my life, probably in my early thirties was just kind of the same old. And I know you have a lot of international listeners and stuff, but like here in the US, right? It's that same thing of you go to college, you get a entry level job, you work your way up, you have a family and yada, yada, right? Mm -hmm. And I was living that life and I was very complacent and like, and I wasn't really happy. Certainly I had my days of happiness, but I guess the best thing to say is I wasn't fulfilled. But it's that thing of ticking the boxes, isn't it, Brian? Doing the things that society expects of you or you believe society and family expect of you. That's exactly it. Yep. That's what I was doing. And I was, and again, a lot of folks listen in probably the same thing. They're, they're probably that that's what you're told growing up. Like you just needed to get the safe job. Just make sure you don't bump into too many walls and just kind of do your thing. And there was a few different serendipitous moments, but really it's been about, I would say about 10 years ago now, but probably, you know, even seven or eight really where it hit hard, where I just made a shift in my mindset. And I realized that I could do different things and I could proved to myself, but really it was I could give to the world some things that could really make people happier. And in turn, obviously, make myself happier and more fulfilled. So that's what I did. And I've been on this kind of journey, really, for, like I said, the last probably 10 years, I can call it, of figuring out and discovering and what do I like? What don't I like? What works? What doesn't work? You know, Who do I enjoy being around? Who don't I enjoy being around? Uh, and it's just, it was a lot of reflection of childhood. And, I'll, and we can get into this because um, I think it's important, but just a lot of reflection of like things that I thought were right and these beliefs that I had. Like what? Give, me an exa- give us some examples. Give some examples about what was bullshit that you were, you were subscribing to without realizing. Well, part of it was around this kind of, the kind of fairy tale life that I just mentioned. You have mm-hmm. to, this is what happiness is about, right? Getting a job that pays you really well and, and then having a family and doing this stuff. And, and trust me, you know, I have a, I have a, I'm a single dad. I have a son. I love him to pieces, right? Like most parents do for their kids. But at the end of the day, I don't want to teach him to go down the same path because I know where that's going to lead. So that's a big self-limiting belief that I had early on was that you have to go down that path. Another thing was around relationships. 
I was very much, and I think part of this probably was I was a middle child. So any middle children out there probably can relate to this. Uh, technically, I am number two out of four, but there were three of us growing up until I was nine. So okay. I, although my youngest brother would hate to hear that, I felt like I was the middle child. We'll give you some, you got some street cred Kind of middle, that. kind of middle. But you know, so I felt with, and I had a, I had a, uh, my brother was only 17 months older. Um, so, you know, it was one, all those like, well, my brother kind of got everything my dad did with him. And then I was like, ah, Brian's next. Well, I've already done this. And then I have a younger sister. So it was kind of, you know, it's one of those things I was stuck in the middle. So I think part of that was I really grew up feeling like I needed a lot of attention. I was very needy. I was, you know, it was kind of, I needed to be around people to make myself feel better. And it was until I realized, no, I have to have self-love. I have to, I, Brian has to love Brian first before he can ever be around anyone else. And that was a big shift for me as well to realize if I'm happy with myself and not worrying about what anyone else thinks, I'm going to be a better friend. I'm going to be in a better relationship, you know, whatever. I'm going to be better with my family members. So there's just a lot of these things. And there's probably a million more I'm forgetting that I'll probably think of randomly. But those self-limiting beliefs... And, and by the way, too, I think another one is the confidence piece. And this is really why the Just Get Started podcast started, why I decided to write books and all that stuff is I had almost zero confidence that I could do anything. I was seeing people around me do stuff, but I said, oh, that's because they had this break or they were had that intelligence or whatever it was. And I didn't realize like, no, Brian, you're just making excuses and you could actually do whatever you want to do. There's an interesting thing there that's about responsibility, isn't it? So when you see others achieving things, you're looking for, well, they had that circumstance that I don't have, therefore I'm not to blame. I have no responsibility. Life happens to me rather than me making it happen. You're 100% right. For me, that was the dramatic, that was the shift. What mm -hmm. happens if actually the reason I've not done the things I want to do is because I've not chosen to go and do the things I want to do? Or right. when I have half-heartedly put my mind to do something, I've always actually been expecting to fail. And by expecting to fail, you're not fully committing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And it's actually, you know, it's funny. I have um, two sayings written um, on my mirror. Well, I just moved to a new house. I, I'm, I'm figuring out how to put them up on the wall here in my office. But two sayings that really helped me because that accountability mirror, that's a scary thing to look into when you really have to say like, no, 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 you're the one making the choices not to move forward and kind of leap into happiness and leap into a better life. And the two sayings, one are, um, why can't it be you? So it's something, you know, and I used to have to walk by it in the mirror. Like I said, I haven't put it up in that new house here in a couple of weeks, but in the mirror, I had it every day. Whenever I walk in the bathroom, it was right there. Why can't it be you? Because I used to get down on myself thinking, again, others could do this, but again, what am I going to do starting a podcast or writing books or speaking or anything like that? And so that was a big eye-opening one for me to have that. And then the other one, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't know why I'm forgetting it now. What's written on the mirror? Why are you here? Why are you here? Yeah. Why are you here? Why are you like at the moment right now? Why am I here? What is this? This is the spot I decided I wanted to be in. So I'm the one choosing that, right? Versus again, in the past, it was kind of like, well, this is kind of just how life worked out. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I can take the bull by the horns and, and actually make the next step. So I think there's something in that center, in that question there, there's something really powerful about that, Brian. I just want to kind of mirror that back to you and to the listeners. Why are you here? 
why Brian and, and myself, why have we chosen right now to sit and have a conversation that we're recording? Those of you listening, why do you tune into this content? What was it about the title of this episode that you knew you had to listen? And I suppose there's, a, there's something about just becoming fully present with yourself and what you're doing, what your activities are, and realizing that you have total choice over the information that you're consuming and the actions that you take as a consequence. Yeah. And, and Anna, you're, you're right on the, on the track where it's like, I, I think so many times, and, and again, I just kind of been through this is like, you make these lofty goals in the future, right? In 10 years, I want to be insert flag in the ground. And then we never navigate to that point because it's so like, it's so out there instead of just living right, just life right in front of us. It can't, it's not that we can't have goals because those are important, I think, but Let's live the next hour, the next day. Like we don't know what's going to happen, unfortunately. So I, that's why I like having this. Like, no, I want to show up. Like I said, I want to be on this podcast. I'm, I appreciate you having me on. But like <laughs> I want to be here. I, I and and that's actually probably a good lesson. That I, I don't know how, about yourself, but like I learned this. Man, it was it was a hard lesson. But going back to like needing the attention and neediness, I would hardly say no to anything. Mm-hmm. If I got invited somewhere, I'm like, oh my God, I got to go. Like, they want me there. Like, you know, and now it's like, it's not that I don't want to be around certain people, but it's like, you know, I have to make certain choices. And again, does it go back to my core mission in life and the things I want to do? And ultimately, that's where a yes or no can potentially come in versus just saying yes to everyone. There's something definitely that I want to just bring up as a conversation here that I'm sure as you've been up-leveling your life, changing your life, whatever you've been doing, you become aware of. I'm part of several different masterminds with some amazing women all across the world. And just this morning, this conversation came up about how as businesses, it's not even just about the business, the business is the icing on the cake. But as as individuals, as these women have followed their passion, followed the thing they want to do, not quite knowing where it's going to end up, but going after it because it feels good and it's exciting and they want it, that what they found is that they are increasingly more removed emotionally and mentally from old friends and family. And that the distance that COVID and lockdown has created and compounded has just made that so much more obvious. And that instead of now seeing it as something painful and regretful that we people have grown away from those that are no longer fit with them, that many people are kind of now going, well, actually, that's a positive in my life because actually what I used to be surrounded by were people who were really negative, but I didn't notice. People who who were looking on the, the dark side of life all the time. People who are making their own lives worse by the way that they speak and the way that they behave. I'm curious for you, as you kind of stepped into wanting to get things started, whatever that looked like for you, which we'll come into shortly, have you been aware of of the changes in relationships around you. Yeah, I have. And and that's certainly a good point is you start to have awareness around the people that you spent time with. And not that they're not in my life, some of those folks, but it's a different chapter mm-hmm. that, you know, every once in a while I go back to 
and kind of read if I if I can use that like metaphor or something. But it's they're not always around anymore. And I've created new relationships. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, like I like I'll give you an example. There's a great uh, entrepreneur group I'm a part of called Next Gen HQ. Phenomenal group of individuals. And uh, Justin and Dylan that started mm-hmm. that uh, many years ago, five six years ago. But it was like you know finding those folks. And now a lot of my close relationships from whether it's business conversations or mentorship came from that group. Now, if I didn't take the leap, and it's kind of serendipity. I had Justin on my podcast, and then I got invited to their next gen some and so on. It's like serendipity happened a little bit. But ultimately, those people had become really the, you know, the confidants, if you will, in a lot of stuff. I still have my other friends that I hang out with on certain occasions. But it's a different avenue. You know, I'm, I'm not having business conversations with them or I'm not talking about entrepreneurship or anything like that. Normally with, you know, what I would call my best friends, that's just kind of my, I get away type stuff with them. And then the group of folks that you're mentioning is the ones that are really negative. Yeah, I recognize that. And I don't hang out with those folks as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's one of those things, you know, do you ever go through this where it's like, I'm like, you know what, they, they're, some of these folks are kind of negative and I, I feel like I'm a very positive, optimistic person. Like I want to be around people like that. I'm just, maybe I won't contact them for a little while and see. And you know what's funny? They don't contact me either. You know, so I'm like, well, maybe I was the one that was always engaging the conversation. And now that I'm not doing that. Well, now there's no communication. Yeah, I totally know that. And also, also realizing that often uh, in scenarios, people don't ask you questions back because they are threatened in some way about your own growth that they've seen through social media or or whatever. And then you get there's there's a lack of interest, and actually, it's not even a lack of interest. I think it's a a resistance to somebody else's growth. Yeah. So, so Brian, for my my audience who don't know you, tell them a little bit about about what you've got going on because you've alluded a couple of times to the books that you're writing. Talk to us about about what they are. Yeah. So, obviously, you mentioned at the beginning. So, obviously, I just get started a podcast. I've been doing for now it's three and a half years, which is insane. Yeah, you're old school. <laughs> I know. I started in 2017. You know what's funny though, and, I, and this actually again, probably resonate is I was going to start it in 2015. Mm -hmm. But because of fear and anxiety and what others were thinking, you know, all that stuff, I didn't start it for almost two years. And that's actually why it's called Just Get Started, interviewing folks like yourself that have got on a journey that have decided to make a change in their life and ultimately kind of lead to the next step and to fulfillment. Um, So that's obviously a big part of a lot of the stuff I'm doing or the whole Just Get Started mission. But yeah, the writing is something interesting. If we talk 15, 20 years ago, like, never in my mind, like I almost failed English. Like I never would have been a writer, but this first children's book, it it launches on May 11th here in 2021. That's taken way too long. Like I was going to launch that a year ago and I had some issues with an illustrator, but I started writing it uh, in 2012 when I had my son. And this is, goes back to this, this, Things take time sometimes. Like I, w- I wrote part of it. I'm like, I'm not good enough to launch. What am I thinking of launching a children's book? So I shelved it for many years and finally picked it back up about two two years ago to finish it. But yeah, that'll launch. And then I have another one based on mindset, like, you know, kind of on happiness for, and it, these are children's books right now. Um, that'll launch later this year. And then I'm doing some other writing. I have some other cool projects in the work on the just get started kind of under that umbrella, if you will. So yeah, I enjoy writing. I don't know why. I just, let's, talk uh, it about, just... Let's, let's talk about that then. Because you have an idea, you have a creative impulse for an idea that, and I, you know, if you want to write a children's book, it's because you want to have a positive effect on, yep. on, on a child or children, multiple yep. children. Talk to me about the impulse to do it and then what stopped you. 
Oh, at the, what stopped me at the beginning yeah. when I first started? Yeah. Yeah. So the impulse to do it was, I was like, this will, so the first book is about getting started and it's around golf. So it's called Luke's First Round of Golf. Mm-hmm. So obviously golf's such a big part of my life. I was a PGA professional. I used to teach golf. Um, and- I love the way you just, you just throw that in there. I was a PGA professional golfer. Well, I wasn't, I, I was, but I was, just to be clear, I wasn't a touring professional. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not like playing like Tiger, um, but I was on the business of golf. So I used to teach golf for a mm-hmm. living and stuff. Um, I, I could get it around here and there. Um, but anyway, so I was like, man, this would be cool. My son gets old enough. I would love for him to play golf with me. And that's kind of how this idea popped in my head. So I started writing right around as he was born, just kind of jotting some stuff. And I was always big, you know, I grew up in, you know, my teenage years and stuff were in the nineties. So I don't know. I don't know if you ever listen to rap music, like nineties <laughs> rap was really good. So like, you know, we used to listen to Tupac and, you know, DMX and uh, Eminem and all these folks. So I was huge into, into so like rhyming and stuff is really mm-hmm. fun for me. And uh, so anyways, I started writing it. And, but, but it same reason why I didn't start the podcast in 2015, I just, wasn't surrounded by a good support system. I wasn't confident in myself. I hadn't realized that I could do all of these things that I'm trying to do now. Um, and that's what stalled me. So I kind of put it away. And it was really after, you know, so I got I got divorced, um, separated and obviously divorced in 2018. But that was the catalyst because I, I, I didn't have a good support system at home. And once I got out of that, I just felt this kind of like new birth of Brian. I'm like, why the hell haven't birth I done this? Of Brian, lovely. You know? What's that? Uh, the birth of Brian. Uh, it's so, like this rebirth. I was like, yeah. you know, I actually used to. It's you'll laugh at this, but I joke around with friends and stuff about this. These these last eight or ten years, I call it my Renaissance period. Like you know, the Renaissance back. Mm-hmm. You're like, because I joke, I'm like, this is. It's been this whole new discovery of like, and it started simple. You know, it started with I was in a lot of debt in 08, 09, 2010. And a lot of it was trying to get out of debt. So I slowly discovered how to like, you know, properly put money away and, and, and all these type of things. And then it was slowly like my fear of flying. So now like if I fly, I'm, I'm not scared to fly anymore. Mm-hmm. We talk eight, nine years ago, I was terrified. I'd white knuckle it on every flight. even though it was horrible. But I just decided, I said, well, I know nothing about flying. Why don't I just, I have Google. Why don't I just research like how planes lift and drag and all of this stuff. And I started to realize, wow, flying is actually really safe. So after all this research I did, it calmed my mind. Mm. You know, that was the catalyst of like all this new learning and discovery that ultimately continued to give me confidence. So it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It's, it's just putting in the work and the consistency. And ultimately, you know, you, you get to a spot where you continue to be happier each and every day, you know? So for you then, with both the book and with the podcast and the journey you're now on, yeah. was there ever an end point or was it about discovering it as you go? An end point to like, to writing? Like that, I will, I will know that I've accomplished when I've done that particular thing. No, I don't, you know, I, I call it my North Star. Um, you never, I don't think you ever reach it. Right. I don't, I don't think you ever, I don't think there's ever an end point because, you know, so my goal is to impact and a lot of it's to impact the, the, the next generation. Mm-hmm. Although if I feel like a lot of folks I talk with, it's kind of the same, a lot of my same age too, because they're like, Brian, I need to, you know, kick my butt in gear, but just around creating better connections, more confidence and stuff like that. So I don't think that ever changes because, you know, it, it might be the books tomorrow and then next year it might be, you know, speaking to high school classes or the year after that doing something else, everything leading to that. North Star, 
Um, I don't, and so yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know if there's an end point. Uh, I hope not for a long time, at least. I like the concept of that North Star. See, for me, I always think about it. It's the, it's the, the mountain to climb, the summit to climb. Whenever I get there, because I've grown as a person, there's always the next summit. And that, for me, that isn't about, well, I can never achieve, therefore I've never fulfilled anything. It's not yeah. that. It's that you don't know what's on the horizon until, you, until you're at the yeah. top kind of thing. I like the idea of the North Star. It's kind of ever present. So for someone then who's sitting at home uh, or I don't know, maybe they're in the shower, wherever you are, listeners, maybe you're walking your dog right now. What would you say to someone who perhaps has a few inklings that they want to be doing something different? What would you say to them? There's a... And there's a lot to say. I'll probably forget 99% of it, but a couple thoughts that at least help me. I think the biggest thing is to ask the question. And, I, and I'm actually, I, I won't take credit for this because I, you know, when I talked to 10 years ago, you know, one of the big, you know, kind of the changes, it was when I discovered Gary Vaynerchuk and I saw his Inc. 500 keynote on YouTube. This was in 2011. And that was a huge mind uh, shift for me being able you know seeing this i'm like wow that's interesting this guy's kind of doing some different things so i'll give him credit of the the question that i ask myself a lot is what's the alternative what's the alternative if you're sitting right now and you're like yeah i'm walking the dog and it's like i'm going to go back and just want netflix tonight and yeah, i have this idea but yeah, i'll do it tomorrow why not start tonight go do it for 10 minutes and here's the thing too one of the other beliefs, you know, we talk about the self-limiting beliefs and stuff. You know what I also realized? Almost nobody has it figured out. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> this no so one. Even, even the most well-to-do, successful mm-hmm. individuals that you know and, and we all know, they don't have it figured out. Yeah. And when you realize that, you realize that I'm just going to beat it to, to my own drum. Like, like I'll give you an example. I'm, again, I'm, I'm ideating and putting stuff for this book that'll launch next year as the goal around just get started and around getting started. And I, st- I, I already did some ideation a few weeks ago. And so I sat down two nights ago and I said, oh, let me do some work on this. And I'd put like an hour to kind of just map out some stuff. And I was like 12 minutes into it. And my brain was just like, I'm just not feeling it. Like, and I, so I stopped. It's okay. We don't beat yourself up if you're like, I don't feel it today or whatever. Like, just keep going forward. And that's what I talked about earlier the consistency. There's weeks I don't want to do the podcast. Like, I don't want to edit stuff. You know, this, it takes time. Like, there's weeks I don't want to um, write, or there's weeks I don't want to meet with folks. There's weeks we all don't want to do anything. I don't want to go to CrossFit every every day, too. But it's to make that choice each and every day Mm. because ultimately, knowing that it's going to lead to more happiness and more fulfillment. Like that's the decision, right? Because I know what's going to happen if I choose the other way. If I, if I don't go get my fitness in, I'm not going to feel good. I'm going to go groggy. If I don't eat properly, right? I'm not going to feel good. I'm going to, maybe I'll get more sick. If I don't build better relationships, I'm not going to have the mentorship. Or So you start kind of going through this and it's like, you could choose the path, but it's your choice. And once you realize it's your choice, man, the sky's the limit. It's unbelievable. Have you ever read um, or come across The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson? It's one of my favorite books. I did. Oh, I, I read that a while back. That. I love that book. Yeah. So years ago, before I became disabled, before I did all the voice stuff, I used, my office was in a different room in the house. It was when we only had one child. I literally took his book and I broke down some big dreams that I had, which at the time were so impossible and so out there and broke them down literally into, okay, so if that's where I want to be in, let's say, let's say 10 years or five years, 
And then in order to have done that in three years, I need to have done such and such. Then I need in one year to have done this. So in six months, I need to be here. What's the daily habit I need to make? And what's the daily sacrifice I need to make? And I think there's something really important there. So you talked about, you know, not sitting down and watching Netflix. I used to watch a lot of rubbish, rubbish terrestrial TV, showing my age a bit that there wasn't satellite, but just so much rubbish. And I would always say, I haven't got time. But then I'd have my agenda of I was watching this at 7.30 and this at 8.30. And that's what... And it's funny now because I will now pursue whatever I choose to pursue it as soon as the idea hits me. Sometimes actually it's more of a struggle to stop myself doing things and putting them in order. And yet I still have time to binge Netflix at the weekend if I want to. I just make sure that it fits around the stuff that's moving my life forward. Yeah. And it's interesting because sometimes I think when you go down a route of personal development that may well lead to business development, you find pockets of time when you really want something. Yeah. And well, and I think what you're really going at, if I'm summarizing properly, is prioritization. What's the most important? This was actually an exercise I did a few years ago, like writing or the podcast. It's not even the top four or five on my priority list. Number one's my son. Mm-hmm. Number two is fitness and nutrition. Well, I put fitness, nutrition to kind of two, three-ish because sleep is right there with it. It just kind of depends on the day. But sleep generally is really sleep important. is number two or three. <laughs> and, and, and two and three shifts kind of. But like those are important because I realize if I get the right sleep, mm-hmm. if I put the right food in my body, if, if I you know, make sure I'm doing the, the fitness regime that's important for me, I'm going to feel good and have the energy to do the other things. If I don't prioritize those, then the other stuffs are going to fall through. So I kind of went through this exercise a few years back of really thinking through my priorities. And the Netflix stuff, that's you know, 10, 12 down the list. Now, trust me, I'll watch you know, the final round of a golf tournament. I'll watch when the Super Bowl's on or my 49ers are playing or something. I'll, I still, I'll watch some TV here and there. Like, I'm not saying don't do that. Um, I think we need to get away. But it's also figuring out like, yeah, what are the most important things? You only have so much time. What are the most important things? And this goes back to is like, you know, think of all the time we spend on like just sending 50 emails a day or all those type of stuff. It's really, have you ever heard of the Eisenhower matrix? Do you know, you know that? Dwight Eisenhower, right? Former president of the US. Um, but I, I'd, I'd encourage everyone to go search the Eisenhower matrix, it's called. I think Stephen Covey did something similar. And I think he, I don't, I can't remember what he um that he changed it to. But anyways, it's basically around like the you know important and urgent tasks mm-hmm. and probably just searching Google's, you're going to do a better job than me explaining it. But <laughs> that's something I would encourage everyone to look at because you start to realize like, oh, you know what? Like email should probably be in the not urgent and potentially it may not be important category, but we always put that first somehow when it pops in. So how do we actually change some of the daily tasks that we do and put the stuff that's the most important first? And if we don't get the email, great, we get it to tomorrow or the next day. It's not that important, but that's just one example, I think. That I know, again, some things that I did, because I, I had to figure out there's only so much time in the day. How do I ultimately alter my life to do the things that I want to do and push the things that maybe were kind of pulling me down that were just time wasters, you know? So I've got a question for you, Brian, which kind of ties in with what we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is about visibility. How much do you think a fear of being seen doing something new or going in a new direction stops people just getting started? I think it's a... I think it's a huge, a huge issue 
Um, and I think, I think we can even go back to like careers, right? Like I know I was the golf guy, right? I was the golf professional. I was the golf guy. You know how tough it was to leave the golf industry and go into, I was going into software sales and doing some other stuff because that's what I was known. That was my identity. And when we attach ourselves to a job, it's really challenging. You know, you know, my mentor, Rich Keller, um, who I probably, you know, mentioned on too many podcasts, but the guy is unbelievable. Um, you know, he said basically, you know, who you are is what you should do. It shouldn't be the other way around. What you do shouldn't be who you are. It's the, it's the opposite, right? I'm just running that through in my head. Say that again. Who you are becomes what you do versus mm-hmm. the other way around. What we yep. normally do is what we do. Hey, I'm in sales. Okay. And then that that turns into who I become. And, and it's opposite, actually. So that's why like we, we discovered, he's big on like discovering your one word. So my one word is a navigator. So based on all this stuff through childhood and how I, you know, very empathetic toward individuals. And so that, that's kind of my core value is being a navigator. So helping guide people on their journey and doing that through a variety of things, the podcast, the books, all that stuff. So now my mission in life is so different when I look at it through that lens versus looking at it through the opposite lens of, oh, I'm an author or I'm a podcast host or I'm in sales or whatever it is. Now that's being defined by a job instead of by a purpose. I can so relate to this. So I grew up and I was always the actor. I was always going to be an actor. So what happened at a point in my life where that was no longer feasible? That was no longer what I want deep down, no longer what I wanted to do, but also for various reasons wasn't plausible. It felt like a loss of identity. Whereas that was something I was deciding to be. In what I do now... And I guess kind of deep in who I am and what I stand for, I naturally have always wanted to inspire people, motivate people, help people work out the best way for them. And like you're saying, so yes, I'm a podcaster. Yes, I'm an author. But really what I do now, whatever format I do it, is about being more of me in whatever, not even more of me, just being me. That's right. As opposed to just having those labels. Okay. Yeah, and, so, and like, like I said, I'm a navigator. Mm-hmm. So that could be a lot of things, right? It's how I approach it now because that goes into, it's not, it's, it's basically like um, being a navigator, at least again, in my sense is I could do anything under that umbrella versus, oh, I have this product, right? The books, or I have a thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's like a product based. And again, if something goes away, now it's like, oh my God, I'm not, no, it's and and what that does though it gives you comfort or at least it gives me comfort that I could do anything. Yeah, right. You can weather those storms because you've just got to navigate them. So to go back to like the visibility question that that you had asked, it's don't identify with okay, I have this job or whatever. It's really like who do you want to become and what is that inside, and let that dictate your decisions. Like if you've always wanted to try something, go try it. Don't worry so much about, oh, my neighbor is, if my neighbor sees me gardening, they're going to be like, oh my God, I, I can't believe, you know, uh, you know, I decided to start. Who cares? Actually, can I tell you a little story here about my neighbor? She would be shocked if she saw me gardening. I am known for killing anything green to the point that at one point she put a note through my letterbox to remind me that flowers do actually need watering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so for someone then who's thinking, okay, how do I do this? How do I do it? What would your advice be? 
to help them just I'm, get started? It's all really simple. It, it's all really simple. You, you literally just start. You want a garden? Go to the garden store and go pick up one flower and go try to water it, to your yeah. point. And be allow yourself to be imperfect. Yeah, and I think... I think becoming a beginner learner is something that I've really enjoyed over the last handful of years to almost, you know, kind of that whole, um, you know, thought of like, you don't want to be the smartest one in the room. Like if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. It's kind of going in with like, you know what, it's okay if I don't know this. Like that, the reason I'm mentioning gardening is because with a new house, I'm putting like a garden on my deck and I've never really gardened before, but it's something I'm so excited to do. Because I'm like, this is something new. I get to learn. I get to try and and whatever. But it's just one of those things where it's like you got to just let go and put yourself out there. And I, and I use the the fitness analogy a lot. You know, if you're out there and you're like, man, I'd really love to lose 50 pounds or feel better, whatever the goal is, it doesn't mean you have to go sign up for a triathlon tomorrow. No. It's walk around the block a few times this week. Maybe cut out, you know, a lot of that processed food. Don't eat pasta tomorrow, right? Start start thinking small, and then ultimately you kind of move the you know the ball down the hill or whatever the, the roll the, the rock down the hill, whatever the analogy is there. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today, Brian. And what what let my listeners know where they can come and find out a bit more about you. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. Yeah, my website's probably the best. It has, you know, kind of links to everything on there. So brianondraco.com, B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O.com. You could search the Just Get Started podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I said, my first children's book's coming out. Luke's first round of golf um, will be on Amazon. So fabulous. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And just, you know, having a great chat about what it means to trust those nudges and just go for it. Because I think, you know, like me, you've seen those nudges, you've taken those nudges, and you've changed your life. You've changed how you've changed your future. You've changed how how you're living in your present. And for those of you who haven't yet followed that, just do it because that's what life's all about. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.